<laughs> That's wait a second, I have to get this right. That's writer, columnist, and true mother, Kerry Sackville. That is me. Hello. Praise be. Praise be. No, no. Look, one one sort of mystical thing at a time. Okay, please. one mystical thing at a time. Alright. Tell me your stupid name. Tell me your stupid name. Kerry's here to talk about The Moonies. The Moonies. Sorry. The Holy Spirit Association for the Unification of World Christianity, as it was originally known. Isn't that, and this is, I'm trying not to be racist, but because it's, because uh, the Moonies are based in Korea, oh. doesn't that seem like one of those T-shirts that's been translated <laughs> from English? <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. Um, oh, God. Yes. I. They have, and they've changed their name a lot, and it seems like they've just at like shaken up ten words in a bag and reorganised them. It's I, like I think holy, the, it's like holy spirit. It's kind of like holy spirit, Batman, yeah, and like the global unification togetherness of everybody concern. on the planet, Christian people. That's it. Stuff. Yes, we just need to make the the acronym say something rude. Mm, mm. Um, now. <laughs> The unification you know, of the Moonies. Mm, the Moonies. We'll one of the Moonies. things I like as well is that they don't like to be called the Moonies. They don't. They find that a disparaging term because well, they're a church. If they're you a church. don't want to be called the Moonies. Well, don't have a leader called Moon for a start. Yeah, and say. don't make your other names shit. Yes, I agree. They should have called themselves something much better like like Edgar. <laughs> Lafayette. Lafayette. That's Definitely. Right. That's still my favourite name. Hi, Elrond. <laughs> uh, Love you, babe. Tell me how the Moonies started. Oh, look, how did the Moonies start? The Moonies started because, what's his, look, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. Sun Myung, Myung Moon? I think it's all one. Like, think of it Sun as Myung. a car going past really quickly. So Sun Myung Sun Ah, that's it. Sun, Sun, Myung, Myung, Moon. Sun Myung Moon was a disgruntled engineer, electrical engineer. Right. Is it a gruntle? If you've ever dated an engineer, one. you'll know why he was <laughs> disgruntled. Um, and um, when he was 16, he was told by God, he was visited by God and told that he was Jesus incarnate. Mm. Um, took him a while between the age of 16 and, and I think it was about 40. I'm not sure what he was doing then. I think he was probably just processing this profound moment. Um, but by 40, he started preaching that he was right. He was um, the, the reincarnation of God. Jesus Christ. And um, is, so we, is he? Let's pause for the funky music. Does Did he think he was Jesus? He said he thought he was Jesus. Mm. Um, and I believe him. Why wouldn't I believe him? He seems like a very sincere person. I, <laughs> I, sorry. And I, Some young moon. I always very thought sincere. it would be a slightly pudgy Korean man that was the second uh, coming of Christ, but I just assumed it would be Gangnam Style Psy. You know, I, I also think that his pregnant wife, who he left to go and start his religion, honestly believed he was Jesus as well, as uh, would have the 17-year-old girl that he married when he was 40 years old, because that's a very Jesus-like thing to do. I mean, I'm Jewish. I don't know a huge amount about Jesus, but it seems to me that he would really, <laughs> as if, if he'd lived till 40, definitely married some little... 17 year old and left a pregnant wife behind wouldn't he is that is that kind of well, godly when you when you're jesus age doesn't matter that's true that's very fish true. and stuff seem to matter but yes, not age so very much. true so one of the he, um, 
one of the noticeable I loved that he said uh, when Jesus appeared to him and said, can you take it from here, please, yeah. mate? After a bit of a gap. Yeah, which well, is you have to think about it. When the, yeah. when, the, like when, it a, when a deity appears to you in a vision and says, mm. can you be a, mm. like the Messiah, yeah, I think you're entitled to have a little think about it. Yeah, but also what was Jesus doing in the intervening, um, you know, 1,900 years? Why know. did Jesus take so long to pick him? Was there just no one good until Working some on his young approach. moon came? Yeah, probably. Because it's hard. Like you wouldn't just want him yeah. to sort of say, mate, it's up to you. He probably had to approach him slowly and maybe give him gifts. And yeah, because according to the Reverend Moon, uh, Jesus would have completed his mission on Earth, mm. which was to bring everyone together and make everyone perfect. Yeah. Uh, except, inconveniently, got crucified. Yeah, which incidentally he he believes um, the Jews paid indemnity for. During the Holocaust, mm. um, he which is really Reverend, cute. It's a cute idea, isn't it's a, it? It's a great look. I, I buy that completely. Mm. Um, that that six million Jews died because um, we were paying indemnity for the death of Jesus Christ. I think the Romans who actually killed Jesus mm. Christ would probably be surprised by that. But I think it's it's a good theory. So let's stick with that. Let's do well. Yeah, because yeah. it's adorable. Yeah. Uh, but Reverend Moon, some Sun Moon, Moon, just decided. Look, if you want something done properly. You have to do it you yourself. You have to do it yourself. Jesus inconveniently got crucified, yeah. so it was his turn. And look, to be fair, he lived till 92. Mm. So, you know, he, he, he took it pretty far. He didn't he didn't get knocked off like Jesus at a young age. So he's, you know, it's kind of like if it's a relay race and Jesus handed him the baton, he held it for a lot longer than, than the original Lord and Saviour. So I'm, yeah. I'm quite impressed with him, really. And you mentioned his, his marriage to... Third wait. marriage. Was to, it third? Third marriage, yeah. Third. Yeah, he, he'd had two wives before. Right. Um, and they had, I think they had seven or eight eight kids. Um, and so he and his, his young bride, he married her at 40, she was 17, they became the true parents. Because the whole idea of the Moonies or the Unification Church is... Um, love and marriage and family and children. Is what it's all about. So the perfect, he believes yeah. he's the true or perfect father. Yes. Well, no, no, no. You become true or perfect when you marry someone else. You're sort of incomplete um, mm. when you're alone, but once you get married, you become a duality and, and you, you That's kind achieve of, perfection through sex. It's a sex. message perfected by women's magazines. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. He was, he, you know, he, he would have done great on the cover of Dolly, I reckon. Um, <laughs> not so much as Dolly Doctor, though, but we'll not get to that Doctor. later. Yes, definitely. I think for a lot of this, I'm just going to be referring to the thing that you know we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, we're going to talk later. about it, yes. But I'm just going to... Just, well, we'll, we'll going to nudge its bits for a bit. We'll we'll hold off on the special, special mm. surprise ritual that we'll be discussing. Yes. Um, so they form this religion and the basis of the religion is uh, – it's based on the divine principle, which is all about um, – there's a lot of sin involved in the divine principle I and we have to – I don't really get the I, divine this, this is the thing. I don't think anyone gets it. As you know, I discovered this brilliant podcast, which you all must listen to. Oh, especially they, if you can't sleep. Especially if you can't sleep. And, you know, they've got a huge audience. At last count, they had 11 Twitter followers. 11 whole yeah. Twitter followers. It's called The Orange Songbook, and it is these three adorable Mooney 
young men. British. British Mooney young men. And they're very proud because they're second generation Moonies, which is really, you know, when you think about it, I mean, that's a big deal to get to second generation of a cult. I mean, mm. if you're in a religion, you can trace back your religious ancestors, you know, to your great, 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 great grandparents. But they've got two generations. Because it was the 50s, wasn't it, when it really started? I think it it took off in the 70s. Mm. I think that's when they really started to get traction with a lot of um, recruitment. Particularly in the US. Yes, a lot of recruitment. Um, So it goes, visited by Jesus, told he's the Messiah, preachy, preachy, preach, preach. Lots of preaching. Wrote the divine principle. Wrote, and I think one... One of the issues of the book is called The Exposition of the Divine uh, Principle, yes. which is ironic because I've had a look at sort of the Cliff's Notes and oh, no, I still don't get it. Uh, now, what I was going to say is I think these kids who are second generation, they didn't get it. They were having long conversations about the divine principle and there's there's huge gaps. You know, you see other cults and other religions where everything is very clearly mapped out. Mm. This is really vague and really general. So it's based on the Bible Ish. Based on the Bible-ish, one thing you can say about the Moonies is they're certainly not overtly racist because he's very concerned with marrying people off um, and marrying them to each other, um, merging people from different backgrounds. Mm, in different cultures. In, in different, different cultures. cultures. So, that you know, the Moonies are probably best known for their massive, massive weddings. Which and, we'll get to. Which we'll get to. And they're all arranged. And so they tend to match like a black American with a Chinese-Austrian. I don't actually know if there are Chinese-Austrians, but that sounded really good. I've met a Chinese-Scottish person. Fantastic. It was was wonderful. Really? Were they Mooney? No. They should be. No, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. So he he tends to – I think he's trying to – or was trying to create like a whole coffee-coloured kind of generation. Hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, a CCG. Yes, yes. So – and basically God is – God reflects – No, we reflect our joy back to God. God reflects our joy back to him. Something about joy and God. And then we pay indemnity for our sins, and there's a lot of sins, and we purify ourselves through sex, particularly sex with him. If you right. want to be really that, pure. That was, this is early Reverend Moon was a oh, yeah. lot sexier than later Reverend well, later Moon, where it's all about purity. And... Yeah, but later Reverend Moon was, you know, in his 80s and 90s, and he just probably couldn't offer the purification. I'm so, so sorry, but if you're calling yourself a perfect human. Yeah, well, you should you be able to. You can get it up as an octogenarian. Actually, that's very true. That might We're be the episode's a... T-shirt. You can get yes. it up as an octogenarian. You oh, can. no. If you're, know... if you're Jesus. <laughs> Wait, we know what this episode's t-shirt is. Oh, we so do. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> it's worth the wait. So one of the things in The Divine Principle, mm. the book co-written by Reverend Moon, is because he's just he's super, super into women's liberation, isn't he? <laughs> so the yeah. so Satan is a fallen archangel yes. because he's all about sin makes you fall and yes. the rest and you have to do good deeds yes. to indemnify yes, and resurrect against yourself. the sin. And, yes, exactly. And so, a lot of this indemnity, they have all these indemnity rituals. Mm. And a lot of them are things like bowing. He, he seems very, very into bowing. So you have to bow a certain amount of times. So they also have um, rituals which are, um, they, they call them conditions. So they impose these conditions on people to create an indemnity um ritual that pays back your sins so there's bowing and there's sleeplessness and then there's fasting and all of these things and yes it's all very it all reads like a 
badly written self-help book. Yes. But I like that. Okay, Satan was a fallen archangel who seduced Eve, who tried to seduce Adam. Yes. But Adam was perfect. Adam was perfect. Because women are shit. Women are absolutely shit. I mean, that's why he had to go through three of them to find true mother. True mother, the the perfect woman. Yeah, the first two weren't true enough. So the idea is that you do good deeds to... Um, make up for sin. Yes. Or if it's a big bad scene, like, I don't know, killing Jesus. Yeah, then you Then do. you are subjected to a holocaust. Yes, and then exactly. Clean slate. Yeah. yeah. Great. Uh, there's also a lot of, uh, especially in the early days, there was a lot, a lot of fundraising because fundraising, now there was, he justified that fundraising was um, doing God's work, it all directly related to crushing Satan. So what he used to do back in the 70s is send these people out, um, these new recruits who were, of course, uh, disillusioned. Disillusioned people in the late teens. They're disillusioned. They're disillusioned. People in their people late in teens. People in their late teens. Um, also rich, that helps. Also also rich because they emptied out their bank accounts, mm. of course. Um, a lot of college students from, yes. They from, do a lot of recruiting in universities. Yeah. And it's not, it's not altogether explicit. They usually say that they're not a religion and that they've got this church group and they're interested in politics and exactly. that sort of thing. And with the Moonies, they, they lure them into a three-day seminar, which is all very vague and it's just that they're, they're talking about... He was Moon was very into overthrowing communism. Mm. Um, so he was very passionate about that. And so they're Because he moved to, from North to South Korea. Yes, and he was there in the whole... To a exactly. And there was the whole... He was actually imprisoned in, in North Korea. Um, during the war. I'm not quite sure how he got out. I guess God rescued him, I suppose. Probably jumped a wall. He probably walked on water to get out. I don't don't know. I don't think that the Reverend Moon is into flashy displays of, of <laughs> miracle working. Have like you the seen event, the pictures of him like throwing the confetti? Um, so yeah, so there'd be these college students would be invited to go to a three day seminar, which was really they were told that it was about you know, changing the world order and, and yeah, you know, things were basically going to shit in the world and they they needed to be part of it or they were against it. Mm. You know, it was the whole sort of rah 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 stuff that, that came out of the sixties. Um and so of course they'd go to this seminar and and the ones who seemed susceptible would be kept on and encouraged to then go to the forty day seminar and then at the end of that they'd be disconnected from their family and and um and it was also there was a lot of um love bombing going on. That's how they, they I... were I'm just going to explain the concept of love bomb, of a love bomb, which is... It's not like a bath bomb. No, and it, it is it's not going like to be... A, yeah. I think if I had a penis, I would definitely nickname it the love bomb. Oh, God, yes. Uh, but in the recruitment process for the Moonies, they do a thing called love bombing, which is... And can't we all do with a bit of it every now and again? It's where existing members make other members feel super welcome by just... Incredible displays yeah. of affection and telling yeah. them they're they're smart and, and switched special. on and they can't wait to see them again. Um, and they're actually appointed. You're, the two people, so the the male and female who recruit you, are called your spiritual parents. 
So they they follow you along right. the journey, and apparently spiritual. That's how parents... I recruit boyfriends. Really, and then so I'm your spiritual mother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually, that's a really good technique. Yeah, mm. and like like Reverend Moon, who said that he went through many many ordeals before, like therefore earning the right to be a messiah. Um, I just think that you put your boyfriends through rights so that they can earn the right to be. Yeah, I'm not yeah. here for a haircut. They can. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. So they love. Yeah. into a different podcast. <laughs> it's a good one, though. So they, so they love bomb the recruits. They appoint them their spiritual parents. And, and then, of course, once they're well and truly in, and, and what happens is they become hooked on that love. They become hooked on that feedback and that affection, particularly the you know, disillusioned mm-hmm. uh, teens. Um, and then they gradually start taking it away and imposing conditions on them. So you can only have our love if you go out and fundraise. And, you know, they're all given um, minimums. Or back, you know, back in the 70s when they were doing all this recruiting, they had to go out and fundraise, sometimes for, literally for, you know, 20 hours a day, mm. not more, and they would come back and snatch a few hours sleep. And then when they rose up through the organisation, it was all very much about fundraising and, and doing these hideous conditions. It's, it's holy Avon. It is holy Avon. Mm. That's exactly right. Um, hadn't thought of it like that. Mm. Um, it's Jesus calling. <laughs> Buy a cookie. Oh my god, that coral coral colour looks it's divine. Yeah, divine. <laughs> um really brings out your spirit. Doesn't it? Yes. Um so so then they would work their way up through the organization, they would become head of their own teams and then they would go out and recruit other people and do the same to them. Um So this So Moon he started in Korea. I think Japan was next, and it's it's gone fully global. There's still quite large representation in the US and the UK. There is, but they're second generation now. Mm. And and um, if you know, there was a documentary that I watched where they were interviewing first generation and second generation, and even from from the Orange Songbook podcast with their eleven Twitter followers. Mm. So okay. And one of the things that – there's a few uh, rituals that go with being oh, a Mooney yeah. and one that people will know the best because it's mm. on the news pretty much whenever it happens mm. is the mass wedding. Mass wedding. Which they call a blessing ritual. Yes. It's a blessing ritual because you only um, achieve your wholeness and your, your um, purity through marriage. Um, and, and, and they all go through yeah, – so the idea of having a true family – and children and, and Reverend Moon and his third wife are the, which, true, parents. Are the true parents. Correct. And they are considered, they with their children are considered the perfect family. The and perfect so family. Look at, look at their family closely, oh, which we'll do. Yes. Um, but so everyone's encouraged to have these mass weddings and be blessed yes. by the true parents. Yes. And this, I can't, whenever I see footage of these big weddings, I'm reminded of a story from my sister and she and her family were travelling just Rural Australia, I'm not, I can't remember where they were going, but they stopped off at this, I think, for a pub counter lunch. And being a small Australian regional town, um, the guy behind the bar knew knew everyone in town. Yeah. So when he saw um, my sister and her husband, strangers. Kids, strangers, he just went, G'day, <laughs> are you here for the big wedding? <laughs> and so every time I see one of these mass yeah. Thousands of couples. Good day. Um, here for the big wedding. They're here yeah. for the big wedding. But it was quite extraordinary. I mean, that they had an entire stadium built mm. for this wedding, for for one of these huge weddings. And, um, and then people bunk people in. Oh, you've got to watch the to documentary. Watch the documentary. Married to the Moonies. Married to the Moonies. It's 
astounding. It's astounding. Most of the most of the couples in something like six and a half thousand couples. Mm. Most of the couples had had met their matches already. Generally, if you're second generation, um, your parents arrange a match with a you know with a, a suitable Mooney partner. And you do always have from the overseas. To, um, you can say no. Yeah, but it used they tend to be, not to though. Mm, it used to be that Reverend Moon would go through a bunch of photos. It was basically yeah. holy Tinder. Yeah, would go through a bunch of photos and match people up yeah, on their photos. Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes he would line people up that he'd have two lines and he would literally walk down the line mm. and call them out. Um, and you can imagine you, you're standing there in line and you see this gorgeous kind of blonde six foot three guy and he's like, no, you're having the five foot two Japanese guy with the buck teeth. One of the things I love about the Marriage of the Moonies documentary is just watching watching the slight changes in facial expressions when these couples that barely know each other, yeah. they have to spend the rest of their lives together, interact. Yeah. Some of them are going, I cannot wait to yeah. see your wang. Yeah. And others are going, I loathe you. Oh, there was they, they followed three couples and there was a fourth, um, a young American girl who turned up without a partner and there were still a few. Uh-huh. It's like when you turn up, you know, to an event, you know, you want to go and see your favourite band in concert and all the tickets are sold, but you rock up just hoping you'll get, you know, mm. one leftover. And so a few singles so actually are... rocked up hoping they would get a leftover spouse and they did Marriage didn't. scalpers. They were basically, yes, they were basically matched up with the leftovers whose parents couldn't marry them off to anyone else. And this beautiful, beautiful girl, did you see it? She was the one yep. matched with the Japanese guy with buck teeth who spoke no English. Like not a these, word these of English. These couples get on Skype and basically nod at each other. Yes. So out of the other three, there were two couples, one of whom you could see were really hot for each other. Mm. But, of course, Moonies aren't even allowed to kiss. Like there's no – no. you're allowed to – it's a bit confusing. It's not that you're not you allowed to touch it all. You can hug teeth. and kiss, kiss on the cheek. Oh, did I just say teeth? You did you say teeth, but teeth. that's wrong. You can't kiss <laughs> on the teeth. There is no tongue contact at all. So I guess no orifices is probably what the rules are. If you can kiss on the cheek. I don't think it says that explicitly in the divine principle. Well, I'm, I'm interpreting it as such, and I mm. think the Orange Songbook needs to do it as Because, you know, the acronym for no orifices is no. Yes, that's true. Mm. Just mm. say no mm. orifices. Yeah. Um, so no orifices. They'd, never, they'd never kissed ever. Um, but they were really hot for each other. No they fingering. Were very excited. No fingering, definitely no, no. fingering. No, no, no. Um, I don't They might have been able to, like, parade naked on Skype. Maybe they could have done what that. Frottage. I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Am I being are. too fancy? Is it no, pronounced frottage? No, it's pronounced frottage. Are you here for the big frottage? <laughs> it would depend. It may not be big. The frottage may be very disappointing. Mm. Anyway, so one of the other couples was kind of neutral about each other, but you could see they were, they were working on it. One of the couples, it was the the black um, British guy with the white New Yorker, New Yorker yeah. and they hated each other. They really, you could They'd see met that twice and they were just already having serious issues. They were just thinking, who, why, what, what is Jesus thinking? Yeah. And they were, but, you know, they don't question it. They still go and get married, put on their frocks. Oh, and the polyester scarves, they all had to wear, like they, yeah. they could choose their own wedding, wedding frock. And, in fact, very kindly, the Moonies had arranged – um, a, a boutique of wedding frocks in case you hadn't arrived with your Organized own. Organised your own. Yeah. Um, but then they all had to wear these polyester scarves and during the ceremony. And these horrible veils. Everyone has to wear the same veil. Yeah. And, and everyone gloves. has to wear – oh, yes. The gloves. The, the women wore gloves. net gloves and the men wore these, like, white chauffeur gloves. So these people, they fly in from all over the world because a lot of these ceremonies are in Seoul, in Korea. Some are in – um, there was one at Madison Square Garden yeah. once. 
So they all fly in. They're in really, really budget accommodation. Yeah, and like three to a room. Yeah. Um, Which is re- makes for a really interesting with a honeymoon experience. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Well, well yes, yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll the honeymoon get. experience. Uh, and then you, I think you wake up at about 4 a.m. for an afternoon wedding because everyone has to be. Early. The makeup artists start at 2. So a lot of people choose to do their own makeup. And then you go and get your little show bag with your shitty gloves and shitty scarf and yep. shitty veil. Yep. And then you all pile onto a bus. Or oh, buses. And you Multiple buses. Bust into the stadium yeah. where you wait for a few hours. And yeah. then when he was alive, Reverend Moon, but now his wife or representatives, talk to you with an interpreter <laughs> for a few hours. Throw confetti on you. Yeah. And then say, oh, I forgot to write down the – they do a big um, cheer at the end. And it, I want to say it's mensai or something, but I feel like that might be about periods. Mm-mm. I can't remember what the cheer is. No. And then they, they are married, but, of course, they still don't kiss or touch or anything. They're not allowed to do any anything of that for 40 days. 40 days. To prove that. So the fact it's that they paid all this money, flown in, bust in, wearing itchy polyester, stood there for hours. Sleeping on the floor. Sleeping on the floor. Up at 2 a.m. to get your makeup. For a long time. Yeah. That's not proving their devotion. No. They don't even Marrying someone you know you don't yeah. know isn't proving your devotion. They don't get a wedding night route. No. They have to wait 40 days. 40 it's days. Like, what do we have to do to prove our devotion? Well, folks, it's not over yet. Oh, no. But then they get rewarded at the end of the 40 days. With a three-day sex ritual. Sex ritual. Oh, we're so excited about the three-day sex ritual. This is just, I think... In any cult ever, this probably has to get the prize for the most um, filthy, bizarre, um, notable, crusty ritual This is not high. Wait, can we first, let's pause for the music. Have you heard the sexy, sexy, sex music? No. It goes like this. Sexy, 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 sex. Um... So this through this three day ritual, I think you're. It's very beautiful. It's not. No, it's so not beautiful. There's a lot of bowing to show respect. Yes. Um, there's a lot of wiping to show. So what are the? Okay. Okay. There is the presence you must have, and these are very precious, and they should be treated like yes. artifacts. Artifacts, precious artifacts. Hey, Holy hey, artifacts. What are they actually called? Okay, so they've got they've got these um. Uh, what are they called? I, just, I, I want to say holy handkerchiefs, but I'm, I'm not sure yeah, if that's true. They refer to them as handkerchiefs, but the the wife and the husband each must have their own sanctified handkerchief. And you can't get them mixed up. You can't get them mixed up and you can't wash You're them. You're not allowed to wash them ever. Like ever. For your entire life. Yeah. Um, so so you, would want the, you, would, you would want to have a lot of money as a Mooney because you would really want to put these in a different room and shut the door. Oh, because would, the smell would, would become quite them. overpowering after a while. It's it's gross, is what it is. So on the first day, they um, bow to each other a lot, um, and, and then they in front f- of a portrait of Reverend Moon. But of course, because that's what gets you turned on. Because everyone really. wants you sort of renounce your own parents. Yes, he's the true parent, uh, and also you really want to be fucking for the first time in front, in front of, of a dad. portrait of your your father. Mm. Like that's always what I have thought mm. about. Mm. Um, so then you have sex with the woman, woman on, on top. top, which you know you've got to remember these people are virgins. They've never had sex before. 
And there, I mean, that's, that's, I wouldn't say that's the most complicated sexual position, but it's not the most basic. You know, she needs to know how to position herself and that's how to right. keep a balance. And I think that's, I think it's a big call for your first ever sexual experience for the woman to be on top. Well, I, I'm not sure. Well, maybe, but maybe, I mean, I think for some reason, most first time, like they're the missionary position. Yes, yes. But I don't know if that's necessarily ideal well I'm, I, I don't know but I think this is I think mm. this is just throwing like making it just that little bit more complex for them these poor kids who've never done well, it at before. least they're not saying on the first the first time you consummate it must be the half hitch donkey wheelbarrow from that's actually space. true I had thought yeah. of that that's very true so it's like the second yes the second most true common so, so so that's what you do the first time and then what's the hanky called okay so the hanky is it's called a Holy handkerchief. Holy handkerchief. I think that which is not a really creative name when you think I'm, about it. I reckon. Well, if maybe sound better in Korean. If there's any time to name something with the word "hole" in it, now is the time. True. Very mm. true. Okay, so they start this ritual by by sprinkling holy salt all over the room. Right. Um, holy water is optional. Presumably, so holy like, water is hard to come by, so they can sexy use sexy chips. Exactly. I don't know. Pepper seems optional as well. Mm, mm. Um, so sanctify the room. Set up the altar. So the altar's, you know, got, got a, a big picture of Reverend Moon, mm. which is the um, aphrodisiac. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> aphrodisiac. Aphrodisiac. Then you do the holy handkerchief ceremony, which is different at the, on the first day and the second day to it the third very, day. Very different. very different. The first couple of days, you just cleanse yourself with the holy handkerchief and a bit of water. In a bit so, of water. A bit of water. Right. Um, bride and bridegroom shower separately and then dry themselves. Do they oh. say anything to each other, Kerry? Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. They, they actually do a couple of bowings um, in front of the altar and then to each other. And then... I wish I were at Gowings. And then... Imagine doing Gowings. Bowing at Gowings. So then the wife sits on the floor and the husband offers three full bows to the bride. Presumably they're naked at this point. No so that partial would, bows on No partial bows. Definitely no, not. No, you need full bows. Um, it's probably the first time they've seen each other naked, I imagine. I don't know. And no. then as the wife is in the mother's position, the husband should think. Like the mother's position. Think and feel before he, he should feel it. He doesn't actually say. He thinks and feels it. Mother, please give birth to me. That Which, is- again, is a really sexy thought. Mother, please give birth. I mean, that's just what I want. Any man who's having sex with me to be thinking, Mother, please give birth to me. Okay, well, that <laughs> seems to be the opposite direction to, like, birth is out. Yeah, and this is in. Sex is in. Yeah, well. And I would hope that he's only putting his penis in there, not like. Well, it says he's here. not trying to squeeze. He's not trying to get in there, is he? It says you, he performs, they should perform the act of love freely. With the wife on top this is the at least. the consummation. But think about it for a minute. They're virgins, right? Mm. They're meant to perform the act of love freely, but the wife is on top at the consummation. If they wait a second too long, the consummation uh, is yeah. going to happen in the wrong position because well, it's not going to last very long, is it? There are, like... They're virgins. But there's this thing where it's like, you know, it's supposed to take three days, give or take a day, and you're supposed to have sex three times you know, minimum. Minimum. So maybe if they they get it wrong the first time, they but I like that. You know, make love freely to these specific strict <laughs> yes. instructions. Yes, and then afterwards, the wife has to report to God. So presumably, she's like, "Fuck, it was smaller Hello, than God. I thought." Oh God, I got his answering machine. <laughs> anyway, we've done it. 
Imagine waiting 40 days and then you get it wrong. Look, 40 days, it's really, it doesn't need to be a three day. You can pretty much have sex three times in 15 minutes. Yes, but they're not, so they're not allowed to have sex with the man on top in those first two days. Just, yeah. So the second verse. Okay, so the second. Same as the first. Second day, yeah, second verse, same as the first. Second day is the same as the first. The third day is when it gets really interesting. I am pretty fond of the third day. I'm so excited about the third day so we take our handkerchiefs we do the same they sing holy songs which again is a really good warm-up to sex <laughs> so I, I like that always oh, enjoy singing <laughs> i like your whole oh mooney mooney <laughs> you're so awesome mooney mooney Got please come and moon me <laughs> so husband and wife face each other and three do three full bows bow 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 yeah yeah they offer prayers blah 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 then they perform the act of love Right. With the man on He's top. on top. He's on top. His the first go at the missionary position. And, but also, by this point, the new husband and wife are just going, you're kidding me. There's two sex positions? I know, right? <sighs> then on the fourth day, they get to the donkey. No. no. Sadly, no donkey. So, okay, so they do, they perform the act of, of love um, with the man on top and then they take their holy handkerchiefs. The holy handkerchiefs. The holy handkerchief has been cowering in a corner, terrified of this moment, but it has come. How Literally. They, how do they phrase it? What happens? Each then? person wipes his or her own sexual part with his or her own holy handkerchief. Do not wash the holy handkerchief, but let it dry as it is. Then you must carefully preserve and protect the handkerchiefs. This is because they represent them having passed over the last barrier to their rebirth. This is a crusty comrade. A crusty comrade, which becomes um, a this, fundamental symbol of their... This yeah. holy relic is a clunge sponge. Correct. Correct. It is a jizzkerchief. <laughs> it is a sticky piece of rag. It's a... Wait, I'm sure I've got something. <laughs> Call in with your, with your yeah. suggestions. Oh, my God. Hashtag Krusty Um It should a, never be washed. The holy handkerchief should never be washed. It's a ever. smeg bandana. It's a smeg bandana. I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, now, other, other important things to note. Do not complete the act of love on the first or second day with the man on top and do not perform the act of love on the third day with the woman on top. Artificial contraception should not be used oh, only, during the course of the only ceremony. Only real contraception? Only real contraception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only authentic. Exactly. Moon, but you couldn't because... Uh, Reverend Moon branded that's right. contraception. Presumably if you were using a condom, you would have to then take it and empty it out onto the handkerchief to... No, it's just so basically they have blow in it to turn it inside out. Please, no, 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 no. So basically, this they the most holy item that the the happy new couple um, has is their crusty comrade. Yeah, (laughs) it's it would be a really beautiful thing to to pass on to the children. Imagine this is mummy and daddy's first comrade. This is our darling. Let gather round, grandchildren. Let me tell you the story. When granddad jizzed on me hanky. Um, but you wouldn't want to mix them up with the guest towels, would you? You really would not. But you you, you don't because they, you have to carefully store and protect them. So I presume like in a, in a baggie, do you in think? A or glory hole box. Yeah. <laughs> or you could um, you could laminate them. I, um, I feel maybe like they're self-laminating. I think, you, I think you're right. Maybe you could sort of fold them up and, and 
kind of thread a, thread a chain through them and wear them around your neck. Maybe. It'll be very special. Like I saw, I saw something on Etsy the other day. You can, you can put like little books around your neck if you like. Yeah. Oh, so this you can put your little maybe Lizzie Gardner could do could do yes. up a little number for the next Baz Luhrmann yes. film. Yes, yes, and a, a celebrity yes could come wearing the jizz hanky dress. I think that's beautiful. But the next the next Baz Luhrmann film could be just called Clunge Sponge <laughs> with an exclamation. So this is their this is their very special three day sex ceremony. I like that it's such a small part of the whole Moonies thing, but I could I could talk about it for for days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and they don't really – there's not a lot that they tell us about what happens after the three-day sex ceremony. This is when the rules seem to die. wives don't even live with each other. No, but, well, you wouldn't think they Because they continue their lives in their separate countries, yes. really. Yep. They come together for their, their – Coming together. Yeah, coming together. And then they move Wipe. off. Wipe yep. and off they go. So – Wiping is – So this is – So it's all, all about purification. It's all about holiness. But, of course, Moon himself – is not quite as pure and holy as he makes out. Bit of a root rat, I hear. Bit of a root rat. So, um, aside from his moon little... loves the poon. Moon loves the poon, and women love moon's poon. Mm. Um, I don't think moon has a poon. No, peen. I was going to say peen, but it yeah. didn't really work. No, it doesn't. No, doesn't. women love means. No, no, no. You can scrap that. Anyway, um, anyway so moon, moon has moon has had um, moon is head of the perfect family. Of course, has an illegitimate child, um, at least one that we know about. But more than that, Moon's daughter Yinjin, who is um, part also of the Holy Family, has her own illegitimate child, which um, was hushed hushed up when mm. she was put on leave from her holy duties uh, because of health issues. Oh, there's so many inverted commas in that. So sentence. many inverted commas, uh, health issues, and and I suppose. You know, a feminist would not call pregnancy a health issue, mm. uh, but well, neither would most governments. Neither would most governments. Uh, one of their sons um, has a history of violence, um, and I think drug addiction as well. So, so out of thirteen, so here is here it is. There's the the true family, the perfect mm. family, mm. two perfect parents. Eight perfect One children. of whom, 13 perfect children. Are there 13? Mm. Oh, is that counting the illegitimate ones? Or? I think so. Mm. But one of these perfect parents, it's his third marriage and... He's got he at least one illegitimate has, child. Yeah, also, he's been in jail, been of course. Yes. He's, he's been in jail for um, embezzlement. Yes. So... Uh, yeah, got done for tax fraud done, with done the for tax tricky fraud, yep. old um, uh, claiming religious exemption yes. status yep. not being successful. Yes. Which is, look, if I it, think it would be hard to argue because the Moonies are the owners. Well, I mean, we'll get back to this in a sec because I want to talk more about the perfect family, mm. or is it? But the Moonies own so many businesses. Yes. It's quite astounding. But, okay, you've got this perfect family. Oh, and they, family. Own, they own big chunks of the media as yes, well. Yes, yes. This perfect family and three of the 13 children died one of a heart attack at 45 because he was massive cocaine addict uh one car crash probably off his face and another one committed suicide because life in the perfect family is not so perfect it's a little bit Mm. treacherous Mm. um there's been some divorce there's been a lot of infidelity and a little some of the husbands punching their wives in the yes, face. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so not great under any circumstances, but 
really stretching the what limits I, of the word perfect. What I found really interesting is the attitudes of the second gen um, Moonies mm. to the perfect family. They're like, See, oh, what, God wanted him to have affairs. Well, they're, they're trying really, really hard to reconcile it all, which I find they're trying so hard. And the difference is now with the Moonies and why I think it's on the way out is because back in the 70s, you know, in the 60s and 70s when they were recruiting heavily, it was very easy to limit information. Mm. And that, as we know, is is how you get people into a cult. You know, you love bomb them and, and you sleep deprive them and, and um, separate them from the world and you limit the information that they have. But these days with the internet and with, you know, uh, well, with, with the internet basically, mm. um, and also after the death of Reverend Moon, the second generation are, are getting this information, even even trickling out. And what, what they were talking about is that they read websites. Says that there's a website called How Well Do You Know Your Mooney, mm-hmm. which is basically an anti-Mooney website that is um, organised by ex-cult members. So Can you find any time to do some research for this, Kerry? Come on. I know, I know. I'm just not interested at all. So, of course, the actual Moonies go onto this website mm. and read it and and they found out, for example, about Yin Jin's pregnancy through this website. Right. All they had been fed was that she was experiencing health issues and had to step down from her official duties. They went onto this How Well Do You Know Your Mooney website and learned the truth, that she was actually pregnant with an illegitimate child. And as, as I heard on world-famous, um, incredibly popular podcast, The Orange Songbook, mm. um, they were discussing Reverend Moon's autobiography, there's some more in the ah, commas, yes. which is called, hang on, As a Peace-Loving Global Citizen. <laughs> it feels like I should have an ellipsis after that, dot, dot, dot. That's um, really catchy. Yeah, and they were... I would buy that, They were totally. kind of scoffing at some of his history, saying that he was, yes. you know, like, he was a bratty kid, but he was the best at being a bratty kid. So there is this... You're right. Sec- I think first generation they bought it all, the, lapped like, it up, and also the they did, yes, and they also they didn't have a lot of choice because they just didn't know the full story. Yeah. It was very easy to keep it hidden. This generation, they know, and they're really, really struggling with it. And a lot of the times, you know, in this in the Orange Songbook, um, they say, "Oh, it's a, this is unclear, or that's unclear, or we're not really sure, or there must be reasons. We don't really know what the reasons are," and. You know, any cult needs a charismatic leader. Mm. Moon was a very charismatic leader. His wife is not such a charismatic leader, and none of the kids have stepped up to the helm. So. I'm just going to stop you there when you say charismatic <laughs> oh, leader. Oh, do you have a song? I, no, I found an amazing I quote. I want a song for charismatic from, leader. A quote from theologist. Oh, wait, do we? No, we've had no. Uh, a quote from a theologist called Rodney Sawatsky. Was, he was describing Reverend Moon, who he'd met. Yeah. And he said, charisma, as traditionally understood, seems hardly applicable here. Ooh, interesting. Which I love. And another one, um, another person said in an interview that the, I think it was an Australian Mooney that got married to an American yeah. in Seoul. Um, and he said that the four-hour speech that Reverend Moon gave beforehand was kind of reminiscent of Hitler at Nuremberg. <laughs> It was really kind of aggressive and, yeah. Mm. although, I mean, Hitler was said to be charismatic and a terrible painter. Hitler was Hitler was charismatic um, and uh, th- there's something about how many of the cult leaders are actually good-looking, do you think? Miss Cavage is. 
But how many how many cult leaders? But he's short. They all tend to have some. Manson had dimples, man. I think I've brought this up before, but he kind of. Yeah, Manson probably wasn't bad looking. Mm. Elrond Hubbard was about to say Ted Bundy, but no, serial killer. Yeah, that not a cult leader. I'm mixing them up. But are we? Isn't it sad that we're in a time where a thrice married, hypocritical, money cheating philanderer? Can't still be regarded as a believable messiah. <laughs> Come on. I know, we're so cynical. So cynical. I mean, Thanks, he might internet. be the son of God. Like, mm. who says he's not? So, what about today, right here, right now? What about today, right now, right now? What, you want to, like, get Mooney married? What are you proposing? No, although, oh, we could, like, we technically we, totally we could walk to the Mooney Centre in we Sydney could. from here. And ask for a spouse. Mm, ask mm. to be blessed. Yeah. Give us a spouse to take back to my yeah. house. Um, <laughs> give me a hanky. They, they put the hanky into uh, hanky-panky. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. That's really that's good. That's the T-shirt. Yeah, that's the T-shirt. No. They put um, the hanky back into hanky-panky. So we think it's sort of in decline now. I it's think it's still... in decline. Well, the, the numbers have certainly yeah, declined. Because they have been at the peak, and reports differ depending on whether you're reading Re- Wikipedia or the yeah, d- reports, Unification Church website. <laughs> reports differ depending on whether or not you're Reverend Moon, yes, I think. Yes, between 1 and 3 million yes. peak, which is... At its peak. It's, it's peak. rumoured now to be down to about 100,000. Which is still, as far as cults go, it's still a lot. Impressive. But I don't believe they're recruiting actively now. Which, no, and, and um, which is kind of disappointing in a way because it means that people that you see in universities in puffer vests, yeah, are actually you just, to join. Yeah, they're just like nerds. fellowship groups. They are actually. Yeah, they're just just join a fellowship exactly, group. or like the chemistry club or something. Yeah, yeah I know. Hey, it's hey, awesome. hey! No, something is no. You were in the chemistry club. No, but I respect chemistry. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, if you do feel like joining the Moonies and um, getting married to a stranger and keeping your jizz kerchief as a relic, your your days are numbered, so really get in there. Get in there now because, yeah, it's on the way out. And you can see that the it, it's almost impossible not to question these days. It's just a different – it's a different yeah. time. They, do, they don't have the structure um, of some of the other – cults um it, it really is really vague and really piecemeal the whole divine principle and the whole theory. the thing that gets me is the number of followers willing to do all the stuff that you're supposed to do like the marriage mm. and all that sort mm. of thing um based on not much i don't get why they get this devotion there are there's stories of brainwashing, but I'm not sold on the whole brainwashing You're not sold thing. on the brainwashing. I, I, look, I think it depends on what you mean by brainwashing, but they certainly, you know, are, they certainly use techniques of mind control. And, you know, I watched a couple of documentaries of, you know, short ones um, from the 80s of people who'd come out and been so-called deprogrammed by their families. Deprogramming was very big um, back in the late 70s and 80s and particularly used with Moonies. It was sort of one of the one of the big um, cults that the deprogrammers were targeting, and I think it's just as I said, you know, I said to you earlier, off mic. Mm. I, I just want to throw that in off yeah, mic. Yeah. But it's the same technique that narcissists use 
to get people hooked in, and that is love bombing and then um, devaluing. And that's and, right, I do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you understood. So, so really, love bombing is a really powerful technique, and that's what they did. And combine that with with pretty heavy sleep deprivation, which they all reported back then. Also, you are supposed to. I'm a big believer in the fact that if you're only associated with the like minded people and consider other people as bad, yes, well, other people are, are Satan. If you only have access to yes. certain kinds of information, it's not necessarily brainwashing. Yeah. It's just you. You just think that way. You start to think that yes, way. Yes, but what they I, I, what they reported was that they're in a very susceptible um, state of mind because if you are incredibly sleep deprived, you don't make clear decisions, mm. um, and you start to become befuddled about what is real and what's not, and and what's a good idea and what's not. And suddenly, yeah. you know, going out at, at you know eleven at night and and trying to sell cookies to people to send money back to Reverend Moon in Korea sounds like a really good idea. Yeah, but Whereas I've really it, just seen less evidence in this cult than in lots of others that well for a reason to devote yourself so fully. Yeah, it really seems I think, yeah. quite subtle. And they maybe I. There aren't, that, there aren't the motivations that you would, for example, have in something like Children of God where you believe that the world is going to end and, and so you better get in and do the right yeah. thing before the world. So it's, or Scientology where you're constantly trying to climb the ladder to get to the next level of enlightenment. There's not. There's. I think it's really just they accepted that these were the true parents mm. and then they followed the true parents. There's not as much intrinsic motivation. I, I, I think that it might be because it's based on Christianity. It's like Chris, Turbo plus mm. Christianity. Um, plus it appeals to a lot to young people because of the principles of unification and world peace yeah. and we're going to, you know, we're going to build a caramel race and yeah. um, we're, we're all going to love each other and that yeah. sort of thing. And, and those think, twin things. I think also bowing out of the whole um, trying to find sex partners and trying to find a spouse I think would be a great relief to a lot of no, I would have said I would have said more vulnerable young people, but you can see you can see um, the appeal of that if you are a certain kind of very vulnerable person yeah. that you don't have to go and and go through the whole dating process. You don't have to stumble around, you know, having sex with different people before you find the one. It's all order, like organized for you, and you know, being Jewish and knowing ultra-Orthodox Jews who mm. also a lot of the time have sort of semi-arranged marriages mm. where they're introduced to people and they can say yay or nay but and they wait um, for sex until marriage. I can see the appeal of that for them. So that that's something that they have it's that like other cults don't have. School. It saves exactly. you the decision of what to wear. It saves you the decision and it saves you all the awkwardness and there's no rejection. I mean, all of these people who are, who are matched up have never been rejected oh, by Oh, there's anybody. no rejection. There's quite a lot of chronic depression. Yes. There's no rejection. <laughs> no rejection. Um, and so I think the second gen also has has the first gen who are pushing them on. If you know, if you're born into it and your parents believe, but I cannot see that this is is going to last much longer. I mean, no. the, you know, true mother is still there at the helm, but she's she's not doing all she's that. She's getting on. She's getting on, and she's not particularly charismatic. And she doesn't have the vision. She's always sort of no. tagged along, and there's Mind no one you, else to take over. There is still the inexplicable yet robust draw of the Jizka chief. Yes, there is. There is. Now we're at the part. Where, and I don't have a little musical heading for this. Damn. But it's random facts. Is there anything I've forgotten to mention? Random Which, facts. Oh, this is a good one. Are you ready? Mm. The Unification Church is the largest owner 
of US sushi restaurants. I did not know that. More sushi restaurants in the US are owned by the Moonies. The Moonies and their pits of money own the media company yes. that, until relatively recently, owned the Washington Times. Yes, I knew not that. Not confused with Post, yep. of course. Um, oh, they, oh go, in, the ch- in the chastening ceremony, um, people hit each other three times. This is before their blessing ceremony. So before the wedding, they do a chastening ceremony where they hit each other. Why? I don't know. <laughs> to be chastened. But I just love that. I don't know if any other religion has a hitting ceremony. So I think that's notable. Oh, I think I think the Catholics do. They hit each other? Well, no, I just don't. They, don't hit, they, they might hit themselves. They don't hit each other, do they? What? No, there's flagellation. Yes, but self-flagellation. You don't hit someone else. Okay, fair enough. Unless you go to boarding school. Mm-mm. Oh, they are not a fan of the gays. Can I give you a quote? Oh, they're definitely not a fan of the gays. It doesn't represent you kind of chill. Well, no, you, I mean, you can, no, there's no place for the gays. Give me a quote. May I give you a quote from mm. the Reverend Moon himself mm. from 1997? He says, "What is the meaning of lesbians and homosexuals? That is the place where all kinds of dung collect. We have to end that behaviour." Is he using dung as a metaphor, or is he talking about the anus? Well, if he was just talking about homosexual men, maybe, but I think I don't know if, if the lesbians are particularly into dung How collections. Dare you, Reverend so, Moon? Yeah, that's that's. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm going to say that Reverend Moon is dung. That's right. You're the dung messiah. He's the he's the crusty cum rag wiping right. the dung messiah. Right. One website that I read, and this had no. No certification, no references, no nothing. I just did it as a, as a sentence. Moon once tried to persuade Elvis Presley to make a film with him about Christ. Yes, that was a nice one. A hunk of, oh, a ha- instead of a hunk of, a hunk of hunk of burning love, it would have been a hanky hanky. <laughs> We're just stuck on this hanky. All right, here's <laughs> my... Many discovered... people are stuck on the hankies, I imagine. You don't date because it stunts your growth. <gasps> he actually meant spiritual growth, not not actual physical growth, but still, I like that. You don't date because it stunts your growth. That's what I'm telling my nine-year-old. Um, he has hundred, or he did have hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, his ex-daughter-in-law wrote a book called In the Shadow of the Moon. She was very, very disgruntled. And she was very, very happy to finally have a chance to make some puns about the word moon. She was, as we all are. Mm. Um He's um, so he one of the kids that who had drug problem. One of the one of the sons. Oh, that's right. He had affairs because um God wanted him to have affairs, and he beat his wife, who's the one who wrote in the shadow of the moon. Um, so yeah, God wants yeah, me that, to have a ham and cheese croissant tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Mm, thank you. God, God wants God wants me to as well, which is yeah. a real conflict because Jews aren't meant to eat ham it's, or cheese together. I don't. I don't think we should go there. Uh, Do we have any more random facts that aren't about ham? No, but I think we should talk more about puns. So we've got In the Shadow of the Moon, we've got Dark Side of the Moon Moon. and Dark Side of the Moonies, Uh, Married to the Moonies, that's not such a pun. Married to the Moonies isn't bad. I still like my Moon and Poon. Moon and Poon is good. Um, Moon, Poon, three days in a room. You're really good at this. I just it's, my favorite is put that put the know, hanky back in the hanky panky. No, That's no, really good. It stops me from being good at stuff that yeah that pays. is important. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, let me think. Hanky, hanky. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm out. Well, in that case, 
<laughs> Kerry Sackville, true mother. True mother. I'd like to Can see you bow Sydney. to me, please. Okay, I'm sitting on the floor, man. Uh, Three times. Yeah. <laughs> Quite hanky. I'd like to. I've just got some. Yeah, I've I got do. some dip on me. I Can do, you just give me a hanky? Like, Damn. Mm. I want to. I want to wipe my prosciutto and chive dip off my face with a hanky and give it to you to preserve. You are a terrible Jew, but a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Mm. Such a pleasure. And in closing. I would just like to say, in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, join a cult. I will, um, I'll bow to that. Thank you. Oh wait, you're supposed to do a disclaimer so people don't join cults. Oh, shit. Don't join a cult. <laughs> You've been listening to Zealot, produced by me, Joe Thornley, pretending. My co-host for this episode was Kerry Sackville, a fancy, fancy lady. Further reading, including sex hanging instructions, can be found on the Zealot Facebook page. Music is by the Everglades, the human equivalent of free extra garlic bread. Whee!